born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. These grievous wolves are individuals who try to rip apart a flock for their own, I guess you say, desires. They want to make disciples. The only way they can make themselves look good is see how many people they can get to follow them. And it doesn't take much to ruin and destroy it. This is why the Bible study we had uh, yesterday morning, uh, Steve Yant was speaking, and he did a great job, awesome job. And um, I'm thinking there, there's 27 young people, in, well, not all of them young. There were 27 of us in there. And um, they did a great job. And you're talking about of how many men we have in this ministry that can teach the Word of God. And that's why we got some teaching in Sunday school classes. And so that's why I want to have as many people learn. And uh, so once a month, we have somebody different teaching the men's Bible class. And they do a great job. But you're trying to teach it because the more you can get people to stay in the Word, study the Word, then you're eliminating the possibility of wolves ripping you apart because of some false doctrine, because you know that that's not right. That's not right. If you sit around here long enough, just like people have been here with Dr. Hank Lindstrom for years, well, when you know what the gospel is and you know what it isn't, and you understand some things about the cause, you understand some things about prophecy, when somebody else comes in and starts teaching something else, you say, that ain't right, that ain't right, that ain't right. Because you say, well, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. And it's better to say what the Bible says. Well, Hank says, well, the pastor says, that's not as good. Because you don't want to believe something just because the preacher believes it. Or just because what Dr. Hank Linsom says. Or Dr. Mark Cameron said. Well, Dr. Ray Stanford said. Don't matter what anybody else says. What does the book say? This is the source of authority. And therefore, go by the book. Learn God's word. Now, I want you to hold your place here. But look in Second Peter. Because wolves are grievous. And they want to eat up that poor little defenseless little lamb. And so we are told as shepherds and overseers, we're supposed to try to protect the flock. So we need to feed the flock and warn the flock. Like I've said before, if we only feed the flock, we fatten them for the kill. But if we only warn the flock, then we starve them to death. So you got to feed them and warn them. So here in the book of 2 Peter, I'll just look at that. 2 Peter chapter 2. We'll come back to the book of Acts, but uh, right now couple of these scriptures. And um, in chapter 2, look there in verse 1. And verse 1 says, But there were false prophets. A false prophet is a false teacher. So a false teacher 
teaches contrary to the truth. And you can't discern the error unless you know truth. So this is why it's so important to study truth so you can discern when something is false. How simple? You see, if you study error, you can't discern truth. But if you discern, you know truth, you can discern the error. And so a lot of people are in error in a lot of ways. You've got the whole world out there and their own philosophy about everything. Well, how are you going to protect yourself? Well, what does the book say? Always put this over everything else. Trust the Word of God. Now, get what they do. There shall be false teachers among you. So you know there's false teachers, and sometimes they storm the gate. Sometimes they infiltrate. So they can be outside trying to get in, or they can come inside and try to win you little by little. And, um, you know, Pastor Arnold's great teacher on gospel. Boy, he is really good on the gospel. But when it comes to the deeper life, you know, when it comes to spirituality, and all they do is just put a little seed of doubt. You know, he doesn't know this or he doesn't know that. You know, we, we've been hearing all this about, you know, the pre-trib rapture, but... You know, the Bible really says that Christ comes in the middle of the tribulation period. And just a little question, a little doubt about some teaching. And next you know, you know, I believe just like blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. You know, we, we don't agree with this. And next thing you know, what are they doing? Trying to get them a group. And little by little, see, they, they'll eventually destroy. The devil's behind stuff like that. will try to ruin and destroy. Have you ever heard of church splits? It isn't always with God's blessing. It's because somebody comes in and teaches something contrary and different. But you go by what does the book say? Now get this. So in verse 1, he says, False teachers who privately, sneakily, shall bring in damnable heresies, denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. In other words, teachers compromising on the gospel. And some will easily say, you know, you've got to turn from your sins to be saved. Well, is that true? You've got to make Christ the Lord and the master of your life. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, that's, that's trying to get you to do that, to be saved. After you're saved, should you turn from sin? Yes. Should you make Christ the Lord and master of your life? Well, yes, but not to be saved. See, one is heaven and hell, and there's a lot of difference. Now, notice the uh, second verse there. I want you to see that. And many shall follow their pernicious ways. You see that word, many? They get a lot of people. Did you know there's enough people that have trusted Christ as Savior, we could change the world. But so many of God's people go to so many different churches that are not clear on the gospel, and they give all their time, their effort, their money, and influence, and everything they have to somebody that's not preaching the clear gospel. And if it's a clear gospel church, that's, that's one thing. But when they're not, well... What kind of influence are they having because now they'll use their personal power of influence in the lives of other people to get into a place that's not clear on the gospel. So you have to always be careful. And you, in your mind, you don't even think about it. You just do whatever you want to do. But there's a God in heaven that says, I taught you better than that. I taught you better than that. Look what else he says. He says in verse 2, And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason. And here's the reason. The way of truth is is spoken evil of. 
You see, some people are ashamed of the truth of the gospel. I've, I've been around people and say, you know, I, I just don't like this one saved, always saved. I, I just don't care for this here, you know, um, once you're saved, you can just live any way you want and still go to heaven when you die. But is that true or not? It is true. You can trust Christ as your Savior and live like the devil and still go to heaven when you die. But I don't want to say that because I'm ashamed to say that. Are you ashamed of the gospel? I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Therefore, see, because I'm not ashamed of that truth, I will proclaim that truth because if you change that in order to appease somebody, you're robbing them of the understanding of the greatest truth in all the world. How do you know that you're going to make it to heaven if you think, well, if I do something wrong, I'm going to lose my salvation? And look at the questions and the doubts. And that lack of confidence, that lack of boldness is what keeps people from proclaiming the truth of the gospel. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that turns from their sins and makes Christ the Lord and the master of their life and behaves himself and comes to Calvary Community Church and pays 50%. Yeah. Doesn't say all of that. But now note it. In verse 3, he says, And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. In other words, they're, using, they're buying you with this false doctrine. Now, you belong to somebody else, but they want to buy you from the truth. So they'll offer you things. And if you don't know the truth and don't stand for the truth, you'll find yourself following the error of the wicked. And you'll wonder why... Well, I don't, I don't need church. I don't need church. Well, wait a minute. What does God say? Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because I can worship God up in the mountains. I can worship God down at the beach. That's why somebody asked me, so how's church going? I said, well, it's up and down. It's up in the mountains or down at the beach. <laughs> Some people are everywhere. But wouldn't it be neat if all of God's people all serve the Lord with the same gusto, the same enthusiasm, the same zeal, wouldn't it be all we, what we could do for the Lord? Be awesome. But no, we're going to have all these problems. There's people who become God in their own lives, and they, they think that uh, they're having an original thought. And all the devil is doing is putting in their mind, you don't need that. You don't need that. You know enough Bible. You don't, you, remember 20 years ago you read the Bible all the way through? Yeah, I've already done that. <laughs> you don't need enough Clap your jaws. But the devil is real. He's powerful. And he's going to do all the damage that he possibly can do. While we're right there, look here over a little bit further in the book of Jude. The book of Jude, right before the book of Revelation. Little old bitty scripture, but it says pretty powerful things. Now, the Bible says in the book of Ephesians that you and I, you know, we have this robe of righteousness that God gave to us. But he says, there's, um, you've got spots on your garment. He says, keep your garment. In other words, you've got a wonderful testimony, but there's a big old black spot right there. Now, sometimes I will have it on a nice, pretty, clean white shirt. And sometimes when I go home, I take off my tie and I lay it on. And Betty will go get me some food and lay it right there in my lap. You know the next thing that's going to happen, don't you? What's going to happen? I'm going to get it on my shirt. And she said, Yankee, look what. Oh, the frustration that sets in. Yankee. Let me go get a rag and I'll try to get it out. And she said, why? One little, honey, it's just one little spot. 
Yeah, but everybody can see it. Not if I put my tie on and close my coat. They won't see it. And you say, how do you know this is my Easter tie? Well, it's got eggs still on it. Now, you say, what in the world's a tie for? Well, you know. But you got a spot on your garment. And I did this one time in church here. I had a big old white piece of paper, and I put a little black spot on that paper. And I held it up. I says, what do you see? And one by one, they saw that black spot. Look at all that white. Look at all that white. And what did they see? That little black spot. Nobody said, I see a lot of white. I see a black spot. Your testimony doesn't matter how good it is. You have a black spot. And people will find that one black spot, that one error in your life, and pick you apart. Don't talk to me. Clean up your own backyard. You never heard people say things like that? And because of your testimony. So that's why you're supposed to guard yourself in every area of your life. Wouldn't it be neat if we was all good and did everything right? But we don't. But now look in verse 12. Verse 12, talking about false teachers. He says, these are spots in your feast, your feast of charity. Here you are, and you love the Lord, and you're serving God out of a heart of love. And even though you're giving it all you you got, uh, you see, there's, there's other people that will feed themselves upon you and try to devour you. It's a love feast where you're serving by love, but they want to come after you and they want to devour you. And what wrong have you done? And they make mockery out of everything that you say and do. And you've got a world full of them out there. He says, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water. No, they're clouds, but there's no water. In other words, they're empty. They don't have anything to offer. But they'll mock and make fun of what you're doing. And look what they're doing. He says, they're... Clouds without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, waging, raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. And you're going to have to go through all of this. So what does he tell you how you're supposed to handle all of this? Well, look right there in verse 20. Building up yourselves in your most holy faith. Building up yourselves. How do you build up yourself so you can be strong? Well, one of the biggest things is having this compassion. See in verse 22, and if some have compassion, making a difference. All I've wanted to do as I've lived my life is I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference. And what makes a difference is having compassion. That means you're feeling their hurt in your life. Their hurt, you feel. And sometimes I've had people say, you know, Yankee just doesn't have any feeling. He has no, un- he just, he's not very sensitive and blah, 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 blah. The reason I keep giving the gospel because I have feeling, because I do care, because I've got compassion. The reason I want to stay faithful and watch my testimony is because I got a little compassion, because I do care. And if I was any other way, I'd have never done some of the things that I've done because I have a reckless abandonment to faith. And it makes me confident, makes me bold, almost to the point of, well, I hate to say, you know, overconfident. You know, I just try to be a sweet guy. And not everybody loves you, even if you do. So you're going to face complications and tribulations and trials and misunderstandings. You're going to have all those things. But he says, building up yourself. And look at verse 21. Keep 
yourselves in the love of God because there's people that are going to try to, these love people, are going to try to get you out of that. Everything they can to keep you from loving God because your key and your power, your source, your strength is your love for the Lord. So can the devil get you not to love God or to get you to question whether God loves you? You know, if God really loved you, he wouldn't have let that happen to you. If he really loved you, you wouldn't have went through this. Because, see, if God is all-powerful, he could have stopped this. So what you have to go through and all of your trials and tribulations, afflictions, and you name it, was God powerful enough to stop all of that? Well, of course. But he gives every one of us personalized attention. And he knows exactly what you need. And you'd be surprised how bitter you can get at God and cause you not to love God the way you should because you think, well, he doesn't really love me. Look what he did. Look what he allowed to happen. I remember one time I was down in San Antonio, Texas with Lee Patton. And he asked me, he says, you want to go to a church with me? He said, I got to speak at this church. I said, sure, I'll go. He was going to do a chalk talk. So when we got there, before he did his little chalk talk, the guy was in a wheelchair and going to speak. He was a missionary. He'd been in the mission field. And uh, so he came and he was uh, speaking. And uh, he was very enjoyable to listen to. He had a great story. He said, I've been on the foreign field for, I don't forgot, 20, 30 years. He came back, and his wife and his kids, I think it was, were killed in an automobile accident and left him paralyzed. And he says, you have no idea how bitter I was toward God. Because I gave God about 30 years of my life on the mission field. I come back to the States. We have a car wreck. My wife, kids, dead, and I'm paralyzed and in a wheelchair. And now I have to struggle in everything that I do. And I kept thinking, Lord, why me? Why me? Somebody else, yes. <laughs> but why me? And then it finally hit him. Why not me? Why not me? If God needs somebody to experience this for his honor and for his glory because of the testimony that he could have to reach in somebody else, and if I can go through what I'm doing and God can give me victory, then why can't I... Share with others what God's done for me. Why not me? Why not me? And just realize that God had something special for you. And it may be some kind of affliction. And we, we got people that had cancer problems. You got everything. Go to the hospital. You can lose your eyesight. You can all kind of things. Everything can happen. But do you get mad and bitter toward God? Because God could have stopped that. Financial problems. It's amazing how financial problems can really wipe you out. Husband and wife, God knows iron sharpeneth iron. <laughs> There's nothing that can sharpen a husband and a wife better than friction. But like my brother-in-law, he always tells me, I didn't understand what he was talking about for a while. He says, let the rough edge drag and it'll soon wear smooth. Yeah, okay. Let the rough edge drag. And it took years. I thought, I wonder what he's normally let the rough edge drag and it'll soon wear smooth. Okay. But he's talking about the problems you have in life and the friction you have with other people. Just let it drag. It'll soon wear smooth. Because you rub against somebody and friction, friction, friction. You ever have friction with somebody? Conflict? Just keep going. I talked to somebody the other day. I said, the way that I, I want to beat all my critics is I just want to outlive them. So Betty, keep giving me those pills. <laughs> I'm going to outlive all my critics. And if the Bible says to honor, you know, 
your elders. Well, I only got about two or three. Now I got an honor because I'm older enough now and there's only two or three older than me. But anyway, these are some good verses. Anyway, uh, take your Bible and look in Romans chapter 16. Romans in chapter 16. You, you'd be surprised how God, throughout Scripture, warns about some of the things that's going to happen. And kind of an attitude that you and I are supposed to have. Paul was trying to warn the church. And look, you're going to have people outside and inside that will try to destroy him. And sometimes people that are on the inside, well, there's ones that sometimes believe just like you. But because of sin, can you get greedy? Can a Christian get greedy? Filled with envy? Jealousy? I mean, who does Jesse think he is? I mean, he's no older than I am. And he's the youth director. Well, I can do it too. Peter, my motto, leading the singing. Who does he think he is? And you'd be surprised how easy it is for people to get jealous. Or if somebody sings a special and think, well, I can sing just as good as they can. I'm just as good as they are. And you begin to knock and cut and sow little seeds of, you know, destruction. Seeds of discord. Just to make people feel bad. So that you can bring them down. And they think their light shines brighter if they blow out somebody else's light. It don't work that way. You know, I wouldn't say anything against anybody unless it was good. And boy, this is good. And you're trying to blow out somebody's light. Look what he says here in Romans in chapter 16. Look in verse 16. Greet one another with a holy kid. We asked the kids in college one time, to, what is your favorite verse in the Bible? <laughs> you know, they were going through different things. But all of a sudden, this became a favorite verse. It was mainly with the, the ladies in Colorado. And they come into Bible college, you know. They used to call it, says, how you doing? Oh, we're having a rotic time. I said, what? We're having a rotic time. I says, what is rotic? Well, they're leaving the man out of it because they didn't have a man. So it was just a rotic time. Not a romantic time, just a rotic time. Anyway, I had to learn the philosophy of, uh, you know, the, the ladies. And um, so greet one another with a holy kiss. They were all for that. Verse 17, look at this. Now I say, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and avoid them. See, this is doctrinal separation. This is why we have a doctrinal statement at the church here. We want you to know this is what we believe, and this is why we believe it, because we believe this will help a person not only to present the gospel clearly, but learn how to stand and walk and serve the Lord and we believe this will help a person. And we believe teaching contrary to this is going to hurt a person. So we want to give them the whole counsel of God. We want them to be strong in their Christian life. So this is why we teach this. But notice what he says. In verse 18, for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ. You just got to understand. There are some people that will know the Bible, but their goal is not to serve the Lord it's to make themselves look great by seeing how many followers they can get after them. In other words, trying to see how many people in the church they can get to agree with me. Do you agree with me? Have you ever noticed when you watch Sean Hannity and some of these other men, uh, and they go through their little blather, and then they'll say, don't you agree with me that, uh, on my dialogue, or don't you agree with me? And they say all these things, and what's the person supposed to say? No, I just, yeah, I agree with you. They want everybody to agree with me. <laughs> I need to try trying that then. Didn't you agree with my sermon this morning? 
but of course. So, but you got to ask them right in front of everybody so they would not dare say anything contrary to the case. So uh, I told a college kid one time, I said, remember now, when you walk out that door and you preached a good sermon, and three people said that was the greatest sermon they ever heard. I said, you remember now, there's 97 that never said a word. And when you walk out that door and then three people said that was the worst sermon I have ever heard, you'll say, everybody believes that it was the worst sermon in the world. no. Two bullfrogs in a lake can make it sound like a hundred. And just because a few bullfrogs are croaking, it doesn't mean that everybody feels that way. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. You know, it's amazing how we say everybody and all, or you never do anything right. I mean, they didn't do one thing right, but you never do anything right. It's everything, never. And we know that's not true, but we exaggerate. Time is up. Look up here. Letting this hand represent you and me, and the wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. God says that he loves us, he hates our sin, and for us to pay for it is eternal separation from God. But God loves us. He wants us to go to heaven. But to go to heaven, we have to be perfect, as righteous as God, and none of us are perfect. We've all sinned. We've all come short of God's perfection. So God says you cannot earn eternal life. You can't work your way to heaven, lest any man should boast. So God says, I'm going to do something for you, and I'll make it free. That sounds pretty good. This hymn represents Jesus Christ. He was the Lord. See, he came into the world, lived 33 and a half years, didn't sin. So he didn't have to die. But because he loved us, he took our place. He took our sins. He paid for it, came back from the dead. Said that if you and I, if we would believe he did it for us, he would give us as a free gift everlasting life. His death for my sins will become my payment I don't have to make. So now I have eternal life and I'm going to heaven whenever I die. But I'm not there yet. So the Lord, in order to live here, gave me His power, the power of His mind, the Holy Spirit, to indwell us. And if you will yield yourself to Him, He'll teach you how to live. The Lord can teach you how to live. How to handle every trial, every tribulation, every temptation. He can teach you everything you need to know. But you got to let him. He will take you through his word and he will highlight things as you read and study it. And a lot of it, you won't even get it. It won't make any sense. You won't understand it. But all of a sudden there will be a verse that says, this is for you. This is for you. This is all you need right now. And then next time you read it, ah, I didn't see this before. And they'll teach you something else. It is the living word of God. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around. If you're here tonight and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, you can do that right where you are. You don't have to stand up. You don't have to come forward. You don't even have to raise your hand. All you need to know is I'm talking to the Lord. And God sees and he understands. He knows those who will believe it. Will you believe it? If you will believe that when Christ died, he died for you, he'll give you as a free gift everlasting life. And you get to go to heaven on what Christ did for you. Would you trust him? And if he will, God said he would save you. You can know you're going to heaven. If you have trusted Christ as your savior, how are you doing in your spiritual life? Are you growing spiritually? Are you getting stronger and stronger? Did you know that you have within you the Holy Spirit? 
to teach you, to lead you, to guide you, and helping you to do everything he wants you to do. He can walk with you through all of these trials that you have, and we have them. We have a lot of lust of the flesh. He can, he can give you the strength to desire this, the right things. Father, we thank you so much for all you've done for us. Thank you for your word. We ask you to strengthen us as we need to be. Each one of us are different, but same Holy Spirit. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. How permanent is your salvation? Can you lose it? Are you 100% sure that you'll go to heaven? To help you in answering that question, Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.